Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back, relax, while James brings you along on his cigar journey. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, sit down with guests from across the industry, and we'll probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Today, we are on location at David's Fine Tobaccos in 9759 University Avenue in Clive, Iowa, right across the street from West Des Moines. When you are in the Des Moines area, this is the spot to go. This is one of our home home lounges. Come in, tell Sean, tell Lacey uh, that Simply Stogie sent you. They will take care of you, I promise. And as always, today's a special episode. Every episode's a special episode. Uh, we are here with Devin Ashley from Bad Ash Cigars. Devin, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, very uh, glad to have you because you are a boutique cigar manufacturer. And Jeremy Castagli from Castagli Cigars says B- that he's boutique, boutique as AF. F- yes, <laughs> yes. But you are super, super bo- boutique, boutique as AF. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about your journey. We're going to talk about your cigars. I'm, I'm smoking one right now. I'm smoking the Habano. The Habano, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the blue label. Um, we've got uh, four blends right now uh working on a fifth one but uh maybe we can talk about that absolutely um but yeah that's uh you know sometimes abanos uh have a, like a kind of uh more of an intense flavor but mine is is uh more approachable mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people like it they like the fuller bodied cigars though so yeah no this is very good uh so far i mean i just lit it so i don't know if it's a, if it's a shit stick i'll tell you <laughs> uh in about half an hour uh but before we uh, get into it uh with devin from bad ash cigars i want to invite you to go to oxfordcigarcompany.com use coupon code simply stogies you'll get 15% off your entire purchase that's oxfordcigarcompany.com coupon code simply stogies 15% off of everything at the store I'm Sergeant Seagar from Eyes Forward March. We're part of the Creative Brain Candy Media Cooperative, and I'm asking you to join myself and Sergeant Bacon every two weeks on Wednesdays. We're going to discuss everyday issues that leaders in the military have to face. We're going to exchange stories and have some laughs along the way. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or simply head over to creativebraincandy.com. While you're there, make sure to check out some of the other great podcasts who are part of the Creative Brain Candy family. All right. All the shilling is done. The commercials have been played. Uh, uh, and we're here, like I said, at David's Fine Tobaccos. And it's nice to sit down with you. Now, we were, we were supposed to sit down. It's like two weeks ago. Well, it was or like three, two weeks, three ago. weeks ago. Yeah, sometime. But, but you, like like myself, <laughs> got the Rona. Got the Rona, man. I tell you, it was uh, uh, as a as my my profession. I'm a nurse uh, by trade, right? Uh, I have gone this entire season, uh, this entire COVID season, two years without. I, I honestly, man, I was beginning to think that I was immune to it, <laughs> right? <laughs> or thinking I had yeah. some natural, you know, antibodies that were uh, present, but. Uh, and then uh, my wife gave it to me, actually. So uh, I went this whole time at work having people cough in my face, 
and just bypassing it all. And then, uh, she got, uh, she got diagnosed. My wife is solid, man, like rock solid. And she, uh, uh, Thursday it was, she said she started feeling bad at work, left work early. That doesn't happen. Never, never. Right. Uh, I think, uh, so she went home and she had like 16 hours of sleep. Um, and then woke up and like called in again and went to get tested. And sure enough, she was positive. So oh, I had already wow. been exposed to her that like, you know, sleeping in the same bed and all that. And then, oh, yeah. It's, so too, tr- it's too late yeah. at that point. And I tried to, I, like I had slept in the basement for two days and tried to kind of separate myself from her and the and, and our girls. And then Thursday when I was supposed to come back up here uh, for work, it uh, I started feeling kind of poor. And uh, I just, I knew what it was. So I yeah. went and got tested. Yeah. It was, that first test was negative, but the next day it was uh it was on. So it's funny because the day that I met you, the first day I met yeah. you, it was it was six days later is when I started oh, to man. got the tickle in yeah. my throat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just whatever. You know, my kid, I probably got it from my yeah. kid or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it just progressively got worse. I had to cancel all my IG lives that I had planned. And it put me on my it put me on my ass for. Yeah, that's what you're saying, man. Like for- almost a month. <laughs> like it was terrible. You know, it was uh, remarkable. I don't I don't really get sick ever either, but it was, no. it was remarkable at how poor I felt for like definitely for two days but beyond that third or fourth day i was like man i'm i got 10 days to, oh, yeah. to kill you know so i like i <laughs> rearranged my entire basement and <laughs> took care of some uh some housekeeping at the house that i really needed to do so. oh well that's good i mean yeah covid can give people some time off yeah. if it doesn't hit them very hard you know it, i just it, felt like i wanted to die for about two weeks i was like oh, just kill me <laughs> just kill me the sucks i uh used to say man if i get covid i'm gonna have like two weeks to just i'm gonna roll a shit ton of cigars and and it actually it i only rolled up maybe like uh five or six batches but uh <laughs> but it wasn't quite as uh, as impressive as i thought it would be but so you're a nurse we're gonna get into that yeah, because yeah. i think yeah. it's interesting that you're in the healthcare industry yeah, yeah. And, and you roll cigars yeah, and, and so i want to talk about that but i first i want to start where every good story starts yeah. at the beginning okay how did you get into cigars it is a funny story um so one of Maybe I'll take a step back even further before my first cigar, but um, my earliest memory, period, uh, is my dad was a biology professor at Missouri Western State University in St. Joe, Missouri. And uh, my earliest memory is is toddling down the hall. Um, bef- this is before the Clean Air Facility Acts took place, and you, like professors especially, oh yeah, seemed to have that uh, that that allure, that that pipe. They would smoke it at the pole or the, not the pulpit, the, uh, the the podium, right? The podium, yeah. I mean, maybe uh, maybe it was a pulpit. Uh, I yeah. mean, some of them might think it's a pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I remember walking down the hall, and I remember like this uh, these like puke green, uh, yellow and green walls from the seventies, right? Yeah, you're dating yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was, I was uh, born in eighty three, so this is probably like eighty. I don't know, eighty two, eighty five, or eighty six. Maybe I don't know. It was, my earliest memory. Um, and uh, I guess like we could look and see like when the Clean Air Facility Act came in. But I remember walking down the hall and that, that wafting of pipe tobacco just like coming out of his room. And it was, you know, it's it's funny how like that sense of smell dr- is, is such a strong uh, yeah. memory jogger. Yep. And so that's that was my first memory. I've always loved the smell of pipes. My dad doesn't smoke pipes anymore. My dad, he doesn't smoke at all. But so... Uh, Anyway, come fast forward to, I guess I was 19. I went to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip with uh, oh, nice. uh, some, uh, it's like a local church group. And uh, so we ended up, uh, we ended up having um, some time on the beach and uh, there were people peddling cigars and I'm like, I'll buy some for gifts from my brother-in-law, right? Yeah. Well, I went home and I bought six. One was a box of five and then one was a single, right? Sure. So I smoked the single and I was like, man, this is, this is kind of fun. You know, I just went out on the porch late at night and smoked it and 
Um, so then I just, I, none of them made it to my brother-in-law. I smoked them all. Right. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of where it started, but, and I still have that cigar ring too. I Do have, you really? yeah, oh, I've, wow. I've kept, um, I've kept many of my, the majority of my cigar rings. So uh, you keep the band. See, I, I keep do. the I bands do. too. And, and my plan someday was we have uh, in my TTB regulated cigar factory, right? Um, my shed. My shed. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a Morton building in my in my side yard. But so they uh, we're gonna whitewash the walls, and I and I plan. We have guys over like once a month, and I'll talk about this here. Uh, we call it Crubo uh, Puro, and I'll talk about that how that started. That was an, another like big draw into cigars in my in my journey, so to speak. But um, so we we all get together once a month, have a cigar. Twelve years we've been doing this now. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, so we ended up uh, we we always keep the bands. But what I want to do is like just like uh, whitewash the walls and then like take uh, have a glue stick there and just slap it on it. And the cigar you smoke that night, you put on the wall. And man, I tell you, the this, the amount of cigar rings that we have after twelve years. We'll, we'll definitely fill up one of the uh, multiple panels. At oh, least yeah. one of them. At, at least. least one of them. So at least. I mean, yeah. if you're doing it for 12 years, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. So that's quite the tradition that you've got going on. Yeah. So you, so it was love and first puff, really, because yeah. you you bought those for your brother-in-law. You yeah. kept them. <laughs> yeah. So what? So from there, from buying cigars on the beach in the Dominican on a mission trip, like how did you decide? I think I want to roll cigars and make my own. Okay, so then we move into this uh, the cigar club that I have. Uh, it was called Clubo Puro, right? So okay. I used to teach high school Spanish, right? Oh wow, yeah. So yeah. you can actually pronounce the vitolas yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, yeah, it's uh, in, uh, it's because uh, I'm a basic white guy. I, I screw <laughs> it up all the time. <laughs> Placencia, yeah, right. It's <laughs> a uh, Placencia, but yeah. It's, See, you put it, the accent, and I'm like, no, it's Placencia, <laughs> in the whitest accent I have. <laughs> what we had this group of. Uh, I started a hacky sack club while I was a teacher to connect with the alternative kids, right? They had nothing yeah, yeah. going on. They didn't have sports. They didn't have uh, band. Play, I had some like alternative that, right? friends back in the, yeah. in the high school yeah, days. Hacky, hacky sack, sack was yeah, the thing. Did, so. Yeah. so it was a way for me to connect with them and try and invest in their life, right? And so uh, this club just had a really tight-knit group of kids, and they would play video games. So we ended up doing like Halo tournaments at my house in the summer, right? And one of them saw my humidor. He's like, man, when I turn 18... I want to smoke a cigar with you. And I kind of blew him off. I was like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you Nobody. say. And uh, sure enough, man, when he turned 18, he called me on it. So uh, we went down to Outlaw in uh, KC. Uh, oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. And had a cigar. And uh, and then it just, uh, the next month, we uh, he told me to haul some brush uh, and I grabbed some cigars. And he's like, man, we should do this once a month. And I was like, okay, yeah, that'd be fun. And uh, the first Wednesday of every month for like the next two years, we met. Life developed and we got, you know, different jobs and uh, college and all that for him. And uh, so we, ended up, we, we, we continued to do this for, for 10 years once a month. Oh, wow. Uh, and then he moved to KC and it was just a little bit harder for him to get back up every month. So we still do this once a month. We're into our, in, into our 13th year now. Wow. Uh, and uh, so that draw on that community, now we call it uh, casual beer and cigar night, right? That he always said, if you got, if, it was always the two of us that met. And, and if he wasn't there, he's like, you guys didn't have Kubo Puro. You just had a casual beer and cigar night, right? So that's what we call it now because he's no longer involved. But right. well, not that he's no longer involved. He just doesn't come it's, as Yeah, it's harder, yeah. harder yeah. to get to you. So, so um, that draw in the kind of the arena and what I was doing with uh, just, you know, experiencing the pieces of life that maybe have been forgotten, uh, cheese making, uh, coffee roasting, things like not forgotten, but like they, they're just not done casually, right? 
they're not done. It's all done commercially. Exactly. Exactly. It's not done at home on the side. Right. Which is where I've chosen to do a lot of things. I was brewing beer at the time. Um, and then I opened the brewery, uh, Liberty Cap Brewing Company. And, you know, it was, uh, it, as I say, it was, it was, uh, this is a phrase I use frequently. It's, uh, you know, what you spend your, your time on in life, it defines who you are and it affects other people. Yeah. Right. And so what I had to consider was, when I wasn't at the brewery, my mind was there. When I wasn't there physically, my mind was there. And I wasn't hanging out with my kids, my daughters and my wife. And so, uh, and I would have to like, you know, I'd, I'd be in bed at some time. Like, oh man, I got to turn the boiler on so we can brew tomorrow. So I'd, I'd get up and I'd go down there and I'd turn, you know, it was right. just, so it took a lot of time. Uh, and then when you have like uh, differing personalities and you want the business to go one direction and then the investor who dropped half a million dollars of their own money wants to go a different direction, it kind of... You know, you, you go with with where the money is, right? You have to. You have to at that time. Yeah. You know? So we kind of wanted to do a tap house, and it was more of a production facility at that time. Uh, so long story short, long story long, um, I stepped out of that, uh, sold off my portion, um, and then I uh, I had been rolling cigars for a few years prior to that. So about six years now. It's like so a hobby? It was Just a hobby, like, yeah. Really? Yeah. So where were you sourcing your tobacco when you were doing it so there's, some, there's some online places um, that, we, that you can get it from. You can also, like, man, when you get into, like, uh, when your production has to kick up, you you, you start considering like ordering pallets of tobacco, and right. I never got quite quite there. I was ordering pallet like twenty thirty pounds at a time, uh, right. a few times like every few months, and uh, just just rolling through them. So and it kind of worked out like how my life was set. Uh, it was um, towards the beginning of COVID when I when I got my license, and uh, I uh, as as a nurse I was. Um, I had been in the in the realm for a number of years with positive reviews. I was running the, the night shift, and so we would sit at triage, and there would be nobody coming in during COVID except the sickest of the sick. So there was a lot of downtime. Yeah. So I licensed my entire company sitting at triage. <laughs> so uh, you know, still taking care of my patients in, in the in the in the uh, the hospital, the ER, obviously, but. Uh, you know, just uh, kind of spending that time and um, just blasting through the paperwork. And now, well, I don't know what form that is. And you send an email. And then the next night you check and you've got your response. Then you move forward that paperwork. So, so uh, that was the the interest was kind of started as just like a desire to to, to push myself and, and grow a little bit. And then when it form, formula or uh, like a uh, for, um, when it materialized, then it was a oh man, I can like take one of my hobbies again and, and make money with it, you know? And so the the, the name kind of, Bad Hash Cigar, my last name's Ashley. Ashley, yeah. yep. So the name uh, kind of developed as a joke almost. My students used to call me Bad Ash, uh, you know? And and so it was kind of a, a joking, a, a joke of a tag that I would have, right? And it, it was just kind of, uh, the way it came in was, uh, it was very rapid how it developed. And initially, it was kind of like, this will be the company name, but maybe I'll have a different line of cigars. Well, it continued to develop. And as the first the first night we met, um, when we talked about trademarks and there's another, there's, there's a cigar, there's yeah. like two or three lounges. Uh, and uh, I don't know if there's any other like uh, cigar companies proper, but uh, those were known about. But it, like, again, it just kind of like, it came up quick and I'm like, ah, I'm the only one in Missouri. And, you know, at that time, you're not thinking like. You're not thinking long term. Yeah, not, yeah, not thinking like years down the road. Um but uh, I am gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, potential name changes um, just to, to kind of get away from any potential uh, cease and desist letters in the future. <laughs> <laughs> those C and D's. Yeah, you got to stay away from those C and D's. 
Uh, let, let me ask you this because I think this is this is interesting because you did this as a hobby. Yeah. So when you would do your own blends just for you, I'm I'm assuming you rolled them for you because it, it, it you enjoy that creative outlet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you enjoy that time because it is time consuming to yeah. to roll and come up with your own. But how did you come up with those blends? Well, that's it's a it, man. This is like one of my. Uh, it's a good story. Uh, so when you when you learn how to cook, right, you don't know what uh, garlic tastes like or what it does to a meal or, or cilantro, you know. So you're like, or like, what the hell is paprika, you know? Like, you know, you, you when you're cooking and you're like, you put these things on the dish and you're like, I don't know what it's going to do. You know oh what? My gosh, that taste is. That, that's what I'm going to name this episode. What the, the hell is paprika? <laughs> that is exactly. Uh, you, thank you for the name so, of this yeah, episode. I appreciate good. that. <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, so, you know, you're, you're like, what is what is garlic do or what is cilantro or, you know, whatever. So and and then rolling is um, is that that's a part of it, too, you know, because like in blending, that's a part of blending um, in cigars in general. You've got a number of things that you have to have in order for a cigar to be palatable and marketable and all that. Right. And, and one of those things is it's got to burn appropriately. Right. Right. So that was also part of my rolling, too, like. How do I get this to burn appropriately? I, I remember, man, one of my most embarrassing moments, and I'm so thankful there was just my a buddy in mine. Um, we're on a float trip. Uh, a few couples of us who get together once a year, we go on this float trip, right? And um, well, I pulled out some cigars and like I lit them up. Actually, it was that one that you're that you're smoking, and which is very very good, by the way. Awesome. I really Glad like, you it. like it, man. Glad you like it. So I uh, so I'm I'm smoking it, and it just it burns down. Let's see if I can describe this uh, to to our listeners. Um, so it burns down the, just the right side of the cigar. So it starts and to canoe. The, yeah, and the entire left side did not burn at all. Couldn't relight. No, couldn't no. I mean, I was I was trying to, and I even like you know, was like knocking it off and doing the lick thing and torching the side. It was so embarrassing, and I and I was very fortunate that I smoked that one and not somebody else. So that's one of those things that as you're you're learning how to roll and and what makes a cigar um, marketable and appropriate and burning good, which are all things you have to have to call it a cigar. And to even get out the door. Um, because a lot of consumers don't understand exactly yeah. what goes into it. Because they just think you just roll the dead leaves up nah, and you're yeah, good to go. But it's way more than that. You, because you've got to have the right amount of airflow. You've yep. got to have the right amount of, uh, of combustibility. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to have a terror. And when you, when you get those cigars that canoe or that tunnel... Yeah, that that's part. It was rolled incorrectly. Like it was probably blended right, but yeah. it was rolled that's, incorrectly. That's exactly it. Because you've got to have like you've got the different uh, parts of the plant. You've got the top. You got the ligero. The ligero, right? Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the the stronger stuff is at the top. Yeah. The mild stuff is at the bottom. Yep. Because all the sun hits the top yep. and the nutrients. The plant's putting all of its energy into developing those leaves, right? And then so yeah, as you get down further down, there's there's less flavor. There's more combustibility in those leaves, though. The viso and seco. And then so. Uh, the, the the idea is you get that ligero in the in the middle, um, and I think it's uh, you. So you got the the seco and the viso around around it is helping with the combustibility as it comes back down the cigar, right? And so um, that helps with uh, airflow as well too. I mean, you got like a like a thicker leaf in the middle, more of like a uh, maybe a stalky. It's just it's just it's a thicker leaf, right? Right. So you can get more um, uh, structure out of it, right? And so um, when you, when I'm blending uh, these cigars initially, it was like. Uh, well, man, what does it happen if I do all Ligero or what does it happen to do all Viso or Seco or, you know, you try different combinations and you get to know what the tobacco, uh, the, what the different leaves are doing for the construction and you get to, to identify what those leaves are doing for flavor as well as, oh, well, what's this uh, tobacco from Esteli? What's that going to taste like? Or 
this uh, tobacco from Condenga or Condega, you know, and then when you put those together, um, just like a, a, a dish that you're eating and learning to cook, you, you identify the different flavors and you can kind of, um, uh, well, you hope for repeatability, right? Um, but, but it's a handmade product. And, uh, well, not a, only a is it a, a handmade product, and this is something that I don't think I've talked a lot with, with uh, boutique manufacturers about before, but boutique manufacturers, you don't own your own farm. So you're sourcing, yeah, yeah. you're sourcing exactly. the tobacco and you're getting what you can get. And you hope it's what, you, it, what they say it is. I right. Mean, and I don't have any reason to believe that the tobacco I've ordered isn't what I've. No, but it's hard to create that consistency yeah, yeah. year after True year is. after year. True How is. do you do that? How do you go through? Do you test each pallet of, of tobacco that you get? So, uh, so now what I do is I'm still ordering like in batches and I'd really do like experimental stuff now. <clears throat> uh, these here that I have, <clears throat> excuse me, in the bag. It's just kind of a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's, um, it, it's a, it's a based in my Nicaraguan shade, which, um, oddly enough is all Dominican tobacco. <laughs> it's right, got a Nicaraguan right. shade leaf though. Yeah. But, uh, so it's, it's more mild cigar. Um, and it was, it was rolled or blended with intent for new smokers that maybe didn't want a strong cigar that might be off putting for them. Yep. So I'm doing more of uh, I was the segue was I'm doing more of the experimental stuff here, but yeah. uh, what I've got uh, going on with what you're smoking is uh, my my product now that's outsourced, and so um, the only way that I would be able to stay consistent with with uh, with my size, like and in, in, as I said or I shared with you, I was there's a finite amount of time which is spend July or your, your time on the phone. Yeah. Absolutely. So so with um, with that being said, I could spend all my time rolling. And, and uh, doing everything myself or I could outsource and then spend my time going to cigar lounges and chatting, uh, driving to KC and kind of trying to spread the spread the, the, the brand. Right. Right. And so that's what I had to do. So I, I worked with uh, with the company to kind of pull out these blends and uh, sent them all. Um, at the time, I had five blends. There's one. Um, it's uh, I call it my dark fire cured and uh, it's got like a, a dark fire cured tobacco for the wrapper, but it's got pipe tobacco and laid in it, man. I should have brought you one. It's it, it's it's like phenomenal, man. The umami character there is just uh, it's just so rich and just like luscious. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, a, that's a great descriptor. Yeah, luscious. Man, it's, it's great. It's great. Um, I remember the first time I, I blended it, there was a brewery that opened up in my town and before he opened up, he uh, kind of had um, myself and some of our buddies over to t- uh, just kind of check out the place. And and he uh, he owned the building, so he let us like uh, light up some cigars in the basement. He's got a speakeasy down there. So nice. But we um, it's an angry Swede brewing company in uh, St. Joe, Missouri. If you get a chance to stop by, it's a pretty pretty great place. But so uh, we uh, lit up down there, and, and my buddy Joe and I um, we were both smoking. I was like, dude, I was just. I was really impressed with what I had produced, <laughs> and the flavor was was spot on. So I've I've kind of uh, adjusted a little bit to kind of make it. Uh, um, there's some burn pro- uh, issues with it first, just because of the, the loose leaf that was kind sure. of. A, do you find yourself you having to tweak the do, blend yeah, a little bit yeah. every every time you get a new batch? Well, the dark fire cured, I, I intentionally tweak it. Um, it's almost like a one off, if you will. It's always got uh, the pipe tobacco in it. It's always got the dark fire cured wrapper. Uh, but the the uh, ligero that I'll use or the the Vison Seco, I'll, I'll change that up a little bit. Uh, maybe from a different country, even not just different regions, to try and kind of see again what's the new flavor I can get out of this. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, but to again back to the, the question about uh, um, uh, repeatability, using the company that I use that I'm that I'm working with right, right now. 
Do you want to say the name of the company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. MG Frias. Is what, yeah. Which, so if, it, it, for those of you who have listened to the program for a while, you'll remember uh, earlier last year, earlier this year, I was, it may have been this year, uh, where I sat down with uh, um, Jeremy uh, Besecker yeah. from uh, Southern uh, Deep South Cigars and MJ Frias. He's, a, he's one of the sales managers there at MJ Frias. Uh, I was there in their warehouse, had a great time with, with him, and, and uh, I think it was Dominic. Just great dudes. Yeah. And they know their stuff, and they're just like, like we don't understand why more people don't do this because it's so it's so easy now yeah. to source the tobacco. <laughs> like, we don't understand why more people don't do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and I think, I mean, maybe there are our companies out there, but uh, um, my guy is Chris, and he's just, man, he's made it so easy to uh, – it's so easy to work with him. Like I just tell him what I, what I need. And he's like, he's like, I got you, man. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I, I don't know if he's like part of the family or not, but like, I almost feel like there's like a mafia style. Sorry, Chris, but no, I, I really think like, he's a good dude. Like, uh, they're all great dudes there, right? They're and, just really good dudes. So, so the thing for that was I had, it, it took a number of, uh, of rounds for me to like, I, I sent him my, my, um, kind of my blends and like this is what i got here for this this blend in the, the nicaragua shade spot on right off the bat robusto five by 50 uh spot on it's it's exactly what i said it's like that non it's a non-offensive cigar for that new smoker right right and that's what i was going for the abano that you're smoking and my and what i call my gq is which uh, i've smoked the gq yeah yeah that's that's that like that that's the flagship that was my my first cigar that the blend was like the one that i had developed and yeah and, uh, you, kind of it's the flagship. Yeah, right? you nailed it, right? And you were very happy yeah, with that. And you yeah. should be. That and was I kept very that good. one. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it took like three rounds of uh, prototypes uh, to to be sent. And I was like, hey, man, I, I need a little more ligero, a little more flavor. And so they'd send me another prototype. And three times I was like, man, I need more flavor in it. And um, I still wanted a little more flavor in the Abano. And that's, uh, there's, I have something kind of um, in the works where I'll have a fifth flagship come on. Then I'm kind of working in behind the scenes, and um, I'll let you know, and I'll send you one once it, once I finally get it, and I'll tell you more about it at that time. But um, so uh, it's going to be a different uh, uh, producer, but uh, uh, it's not it's not going to replace that one, but it's going to be an, an additional, Digital like too, a Maduro. Yeah. But nice. Anyway, so having somebody else do it, uh, a number of things, right? Again, it's it uh, it gives me my time back, uh, allows me to invest my time in other ways with my family one uh and then also with uh like uh my spare time to go and make my sales in kc and um here in iowa yeah yeah, yeah all iowa, over the yeah, midwest right yeah. tulsa um i you know i've got uh, i've got shops in uh in oklahoma i've got shops in uh, montana st uh, missouri a f- number of places and then also um i'm working with uh with a cigar shop here uh iowa cigar company. iowa cigar so, company yeah, yeah. yeah matter of fact um you're having an we're, event, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're having an event. Uh, we've got a date, we'll, two dates set up, and I think I, I think I nailed it. With uh, let me just double check, uh, March, March 9th, I'm going to be on site rolling at Iowa Cigar Company in uh, here in Des Moines. Yeah, March 9th is, uh, and that's. Um, uh, Chad and Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, just so you guys know, I'm going to be there March 9th. There you go, March 9th. Come <laughs> out, you can meet Devin. Uh, great dude, and, and they're really great cigars. They really are. Awesome. You can see how he does this live and in person, and then you can bother him yeah. while he's trying to roll. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we just nailed this day. We've been trying to work on um, uh, like a, a an event for some time. We thought about like it was going to be in this de- in December, but uh, again, I got COVID and just kind of uh, squished things and pushed yeah. it back a little bit. 
you know, and, and really the, the time when uh, <clears throat> cigar purchasing and smoking increases in the spring is when we're going to do the event. So March 9th, Iowa Cigar Company. But So I think that's a good segue because you're yeah. talking about yeah. how, you know, cigar smoking increases. Like we're, we're in the second cigar boom. I don't think anybody would say that we're not. And so there are small companies like yours popping yeah. up all over, and it's a lot different than it was in the first cigar boom yeah. in the '90s, where yeah. you know it's these fly-by-night companies just trying to make yeah. money. You're a, you're a creator, and you're trying to express yourself through your creation. What challenges are you seeing as someone who's going out to the lounges and saying, "Hey, oh, I've got gosh, this dude. new product. Yeah. Like, how let's get it in here and get it in the hands of your consumers and see what happens." So um, I can try and give a, a verbal description of the humidor, the walking humidor behind you. Um, ceiling, floor to ceiling shelves packed. packed. There's not a, there's not, there actually, there is a space over there about six inches uh, wide. And I'm like, man, I could get a box in here. <laughs> but, uh, but there's a ton but, of but, stuff, but on, there's the stuff on the floor. floor too, yeah. and, and, and Eric here had, uh, I was talking with him a few weeks ago and he was talking about building some sort of like a mobile uh, cart. Mm-hmm. And um, if he did that, then if he did that, then he'd be able to um, get more, uh, more product in there or get them off the, Get them off the, the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so that's that's it, man. I mean, like, there is not. Um, I mean, I joke about that six inches. There's not a there's not a space in there that you could get another box on the shelf. You just couldn't. Is that is that typical wherever you go? Like well, everyone just it, has, it really is, is man. I mean, I understand how important that shelf space is. So that's why what my approach will be and it and has been is like, let me come and do an event, a pop up event where I don't require your shelf space right now. But I come in and I we promote it like a few weeks ahead of time. You put a sign on your door. Your social media is promoted. And I come in and I sit down and I roll cigars uh, for your customers. And, and I, I can't um, like legally from like TTB perspective, I cannot, the cigars roll there cannot be given out. They have to go back to my factory and go into uh, the tax paid um, right. area before they can like leave again. There's so, a lot. There's a lot of hoops. You know, and I'm, I've tried to be like hyper uh, vigilant about like falling all the all the rules because but there's a lot i hate confrontation man. and i <laughs> that would just be so like um so anyway i take really good notes like with uh, i've got like spreadsheets with like the amount that i've produced and um you know uh like the waste and and expense i mean i've got it all like, like right. an excel spreadsheet and so um but uh that event you know like a pop-up event where i come and and i you know give stuff away i got hats and i got shirts and i got uh metal signs and and i just actually had uh there's a guy in KC. Um, I'm gonna give him a shout out. He he's making he does this on the side, and you have to uh, check him out on. Um, gosh, man, you have to check him out on, uh, on 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 Facebook. So I got this guy that I met on uh, on Facebook, and and how about this? Um, two two notes. I've got a uh, as we speak a website in development, <clears throat> and then you can contact me through that. It's badashtobacco.com. There you go. I'll put that in the show notes. Badashtobacco.com, yeah, and not not Badash Cigar Company. Because that's taken, uh, but badashtobacco.com. And then also, I have my Instagram, badashtobacco. And then you can find me also on Facebook with badash. So uh, I think it's like the hashtag badashtobacco as well on Facebook. But uh, my logo is, uh, it's my, what I would say is my the spiritual representation of myself. I used to have dreadlocks uh, down to my waist. And uh, yeah, before I was a teacher. Wow. <laughs> I I'll can't. I can't imagine that. I'll show you a picture here because you're uh, just so our listeners know you're bald. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you yeah. shave the head, yep. the whole nine yep. yards. Yep. You're like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Bald is beautiful, right? But, it is. Uh, <laughs> I, look, if I could pull off bald, I would absolutely because I, I love it. I actually just can't pull off hair. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that was, uh, thanks to my dad, right? Yeah, my gene pool. Thanks, um, dad. 
But uh, so anyway, it's a it, it's um, the logo is the triangle body, the head, and dreadlocks, and that was the spiritual representation of myself. And one of my buddies actually is like, dude, that's like because uh, I, I rolled some culebras, right? And, oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, this is like the the uh, the physical representation of your logo. You know, and I was like, yeah, that's accurate. It's a it's a manifestation of that. But um, so that's my Facebook. When you see that that icon, um, badashtobacco.com or uh, badashtobacco.com, but badash uh, cigar company on Facebook. Yeah, and if you want to see what his logo looks like, uh, <laughs> you go to his website, or you can also just check out our Instagram, Simply Stogies Podcast, uh, and that because that's what I'll use for the uh, to promote okay, the episode. Cool. Yeah. I'll use that because awesome. I think that's I think it's a cool looking logo. And you yeah. told me last time that that's kind of what it was. You used to have the dreads, yeah. and yeah. yeah, so I think that's 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 cool. It's very personal for you. Yeah, yeah, it really was, man. And it's been um, I would say it's kind of like my my personal brand. Like that's how I, rep, um, I used to ride a lot, and. Um, when I would have these, uh, I would write, I'd have like a, I would draw to go with it. And that's, I mean, the, the drawings were very um, elaborate and not really commercial, not commercialized, right? So I had a company in KC uh, take my, my lo- or the logo that I had been doing for years and uh, commercialize it. And that's what, that's what came up. So nice. Much more um, printable, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, let me ask you this, because it is personal for you, right? Yeah. This is an expression for you. This is an expression of yourself. This is an extension of you. This is your creativity. Do you, with all the hoops that you jumped through for for Mm -hmm. the FDA, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before before we started recording, do you feel like this is like the cigar fight should be more of a First Amendment thing? From the the art on the box and the band to the cigars and how they're rolled, it is sincerely and definitely an art. Dude, you brought up a really good point. One of my my buddies... Um, my guy, like one of the reasons my cigar company is as is successful as it as it's been for me, is uh, my buddy Patrick, who uh, he uh, runs this uh, bottle shop in Saint Joe, and he really uh, he's kind of uh, like he directs people towards my product. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the humidor, like but like why does somebody take mine versus uh, you know Cao or Placencia or whatever the case is? And I think number one, it's uh, local. So when I'm when I'm providing a local product that a local person or somebody you may even know uh, in the community is uh, is making, it's it's kind of a it's a good draw. But uh, Patrick's always like uh, uh, he's always making posts and references to the artist, right? And because I I mean, man, my head just like it goes a million different directions all the time. And Patrick gets me; he understands where I'm coming from, and he kind of he he can tile me back in. There's a few people I listen to. When or I get their um, their advice on is like man is this too far out there and you know he'll, he's a good uh, a good sounding board for me but um, so but yeah it's like totally a a, a representation of uh, of art and you brought up a good point like I I do think that there should be a, a like an approach towards um, the cigar fight on that and you you did bring up a good point that maybe um, you know the cigarette uh, uh, company will kind of se- uh, segue and follow that but. It's it's tricky because I think the government's gonna like crush down cigarettes wherever they go, Absolutely. And whatever is with them. So yeah, it's kind of tricky. But um, I don't know. I guess I don't know the the answer to that question. I know that it is a fight and they'll always be there. Uh, but I think just like uh, anything in life, when you can invest time into telling the right people and educating them, strong strong supporter of education in, in all aspects of life. But but if you can uh, pull that in. And do the education piece. I think that's where where the big where the fight's really going to be won. I yeah. mean, just the same. Like I listen to a, num- a number of podcasts, yours uh, and a few others primarily. But 
one of the other guys, they're always saying like, it's not the, um, it's not the 16 year old that's trying to no. come into a cigar shop. Not even, not even an 18 year old now that's trying to come into a cigar shop and buy a $20 cigar to, to cut it open and roll blunt with it. That's not what they're doing. That's, no. that's like the, the, they go to the gas station yeah, for that get stuff. That swish sweet. That's you know? right. That's right. And, uh, or so those get, black and mild. Yeah, right. And so with those, that's what, that's where the government's fighting, Everybody's rightfully so. And, um, but unfortunately, the cigars are being pulled along with it. Yeah. So educating legislators and, and people about that is going to be where our, our best fight is won. And I think there's a lot of people that like the big, the big cigar companies. I, man, I'm so happy they're doing it because I, I don't have the time or the money or the, or the, uh, the access to, to those people that they do. Or the desire. Yeah, or the desire too. I mean, I'm, I'm, but, but, um, because I just sat down, I just sat down with Josh Haberski and Glenn uh, Loop from the PCA. Oh, cool. And they yeah, have like, yeah. they have like a desire to do that. They have a, they have a passion for politics and a passion for government and a passion for cigars. So it kind of works well. Me, I don't want to talk politics. I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk any of that stuff, right? So I don't have the desire it's, to it's do that. It's tricky. You know, there's, uh, some people really are built for that. And, 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 um, there's, um, there's people that are leaders, um, and people that want to, like, um, champion change. And I'm, I'm totally supportive of that, but <clears throat> I, and I would like to support, but I just, um, may, I, you know, desire, it, there might be a little bit of, there is a desire there, but it's, it's more for like, um, you know, it's easier one-on-one. It's, it's a one-on-one, one-on-one education. Yeah, and if I had the time and the access to them, I totally would. I, you know, and, and whenever, um, matter of fact, uh, after listening to your podcast, I really have seen how important the PCA is. So I'm planning, they have like a... They have a trade show every year? Well, well, they have the trade show, but they also have like, you can you can join and uh, there's a few companies that will like support, like join the PCA and, and you get these cigars. I think... Uh, yeah, they'll have a PCA, they'll have the, their PCA exclusives. Uh, so you'll have uh, like a Tatawahe does them, Crownhead yeah, does them. Yeah, yeah. Tatawahe yep. has yep. Uh, like you get a few cigars if you join through them or something. Yeah, but so I'm planning on doing that. And then um, so this might I don't want to segue out of this if you no uh, go ahead. Actually, um, I don't know if we can insert this back into earlier, but what we we're talking about was the uh, I've got this guy that's making um, ashtrays now, like wood the wood carving. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was trying to find on Facebook. But if you reach out on me, reach out to me on Facebook. I can uh, connect you with this guy that's making my ashtrays. Um, he's got like a this you know fancy wood carving etching uh, machine, and so he's got like I just put a picture of the ashtray that I'm going to be selling up on um, on uh, on Facebook. But uh, it's going to be an ashtray, but it also has like a spot for your uh, for your bourbon or your whiskey. Uh, you know, like a little. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It fit. I told him I wanted it to fit a uh, not not a Glencairn, but like a. Um, uh, whiskey, a bourbon trail. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Kentucky bourbon trail. Uh, who who do I know? That, uh, Jeff Gaston uh-huh. uh, is, is who I know who does that. Okay. And he does a, a great job with him. He does that as well. He's got the, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that do yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, let me, let me kind of shift gears a little yeah, bit here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Oh, no, you're it's, fine. That's how my brain works. No, no, I'm okay with that. That's Trust why I have me. a good ER nurse. That's why this will be a good episode. <laughs> Let's talk about that ER nurse. So you're a nurse. You're in the healthcare industry. Like, how difficult is it for you on a daily basis when someone finds out that you work with, they're like, wait, you you smoke cigars and beyond that, you yeah. own your own cigar company. Do you get a lot of pushback from the healthcare no, industry? Well, so um, monograph number nine, have you encountered? Okay. So I think that's what it's called. Monograph number nine. Uh, it's like, it's like this, it's like a stack of papers. It's a research that was done by the FDA. Uh, kind of uh, looking at tobacco and, and uh, the potential for its uh, health benefit or risks, excuse yeah. me. And yeah. man, is this the one that says you can smoke 
two a day and it's a yeah. negligible I, risk. I, I, that's my there's, understanding. Yeah. yeah, there's still a risk involved with yeah. it. Uh, they're certainly not saying that they're safe by any right. stretch of the imagination, absolutely, absolutely. but it's a negligible risk. And I know that the cigar industry's used that for quite a while. And in the conversation uh, for the episode, the previous episode that'll drop December 15th, I know time travels hard. Uh, but when I sat down with uh, Josh and, and Glenn, Josh informed me that the FDA has a, they have commissioned a new uh, oh, study for, nice. for okay. cigars and that comes out in April. Oh man. Dude, that's uh, that's. Great. I would imagine though, it's not going to be favorable yeah, to the cigar industry. You know, anytime they have like, and again, you you would like to think that everyone running the show has got pure intentions and but they uh, don't. doesn't have an agenda, but they don't. You know, and so you have that type of thing that there there's going to be an agenda that's pushed. Um, and I hope that it, it at least doesn't uh, hit cigars again. You know, like again, there's 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 enough tax money flowing in like right now. I just like, you don't need to, to, and here's the other thing too. Like you, you raise the taxes enough to try and bring in revenue, but all you're doing is hurting the mom and pa shops. Absolutely. Um, because they're going to raise their prices. Less people are going to buy. Absolutely. And then they might go out of business. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, well, and beyond that, can you really legislate morality? I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to is can you legislate morality? And I think we've found yeah. throughout the history of, of, I don't know, planet Earth, it's very hard to, to do that. And I'm not sure that the government should be in the business of trying yeah. to tell people no, what absolutely. they can and can't do. Yeah, man, I think uh, most of us, well, personal politics, you know, like I think a smaller government is kind of a, a favorite thing, yes. you know, I mean, yes. people just, I don't know, if people could govern yeah. themselves a little bit better and just be more responsible. That's all I want is people to be socially responsible for what is in what is in their care yeah and that doesn't happen people like suck and they and they uh <laughs> that's just human nature <laughs> yeah, is to right? suck and to just to, to pull in and to you know get something for nothing it's all over the place but well and as a as a and this kind of goes back into the the cigar industry we are consumers especially here in america we are consumers first and foremost we hardly produce anything anymore yeah we consume we consume yeah, we consume yeah and so the cigar smoker is not immune to that because right. as a as Johnny's and Jane cigar smoker are always looking for the new and shiny. Like yeah, what's true. new, like what's the LE. Yeah. Cause you know what? And I think, and I've talked to John Huber about this. Crown heads is a great example of this. They come out with their core line, but every year they've yeah. got four or five LEs yeah. and it's yeah, yeah. like, and then he's like, well, go smoke our core lines, go smoke our core lines. It's yeah. like, which one is it? What, what do you want? Do you yeah, want to keep putting the, out the LEs because right, you're making money or yeah, is it, yeah. you know, so my, uh, one of my, my logos, so to speak, um, hashtag moderate production for moderate consumption. That's always been, uh, when I was making beer, that was my, my thing, uh, moderate production for moderate consumption, anything in moderation, uh, almost anything in moderation, uh, you know, is I don't think meth in moderation right, right, is good. <laughs> to, I can tell you some story, stories about uh, my, my line of work, man. I but, bet. Um, <clears throat> the butter churning gave it away. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's not going to translate well. That won't translate well. well. <laughs> uh, however, just if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this, just pretend like you're churning butter and you'll understand. You'll get it. Pretend like your body is a butter churning mm, yeah, machine. Just, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Modern production for modern consumption. So uh, most things in life that you can consume in moderation uh, aren't are bad. okay. Yeah, yeah. Aren't bad. You know, yeah. and, and I think um, so. To answer your, your question, ultimately, uh, as a nurse, like where does that balance? Does that balance exist? And and for me, it does. Um, you know, like I I I don't go overboard. Um, so you've never had a doctor or a fellow nurse just look at you like you grew a second head. Never had another nurse do it, and I don't talk with too many docs about it. Um, 
Because I know doctors who smoke cigars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and once I mean moderation, man. It's all and it's you know you get like differences in practice uh, for one, and then you get differences in lifestyle. And I think some of those that understand some of the uh, man. There's so much to say about okay, like for for mental health. Oh, absolutely. There's so much to say about being able to sit down and clear clear your head. Slow and, down. It forces you to slow down. You can't yeah. smoke it fast. It's not a yeah, it's not yeah. a cigarette. So you're sitting there for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours, and you just get to be with your thoughts or better yet, because it is supposed to be communal. You're there with your friends. Yeah. You're there with new absolutely. people that you've met in the lounge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have, um, I used to say there's no such thing as a bad experience with a cigar and I'll, and I'll, I'll come back to that in a second, but because of that, exactly right. You're, you're, when you're smoking a cigar, usually it should be. You, you're kind of uh, dropping the pace. You're kicking back. You're maybe lounging. You know, you're, you're sitting around. You're, you're, you're enjoying your friendship and your fellowship. Um, so I will say this, that I, I try not to, to light up a cigar when my mind's not in the right place. If I'm upset about something or if, uh, you know. Because um, then it becomes a habit. It's, it, a, yeah, it's, it's an yeah. escape and it's not supposed and, to. And you know that connection too of like, man, I smoke the cigar when I'm stressed. And I remember these flavors. And, you know, it's just like, like I said earlier, since of smell has such a uh, strong jog of memories or taste too. To well, yeah, like you said, your first memories of that. Yeah, the, the, my, the, the earliest memory yeah. is walking down that hall at, at Missouri Western State University. And, uh, um, and people say that like, oh, my grandfather smoked cigars. Yeah. I just love the smell of cigars. Like I don't smoke, but I love the yeah, smell. Yeah, and, and pipes too, man. I mean, that, that, was, uh, that was a thing. Sure, and, sure. If you're a pipe smoker, cool. That's yeah. Fine. I actually, uh, when I got my license, I uh, I filled out the paperwork to make pipe tobacco as well. But oh, really? I, I, just, I haven't done it, man. I want to so bad. I want for I get some buddies that that's their thing, and I want to do it for them. Um, but it's just uh, another thing that I know how my brain works, and if I like start on that path, man, you're just I, gonna go yeah, right yeah, down. It'll, it, yeah. it'll be like, where am I going with this? So, um, you know, and, and you know, cigars are uh, there's such a, a wide uh, a wide realm for for development and um, and what what you can do, you know. Uh, kind of a, one of my core life values, but which translates into my cigar company is uh, this concept of global citizenship, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a it's not a term that I. When I tell this story, that's kind of where I where I think it kind of falls in this category, right? But I've traveled a lot. Um, Thirty eight years old. I've been to thirty seven countries outside the U S. Wow. I always, man, I was like, man, I'm going to be one, one country ahead of my age, right? When you get kids and, and uh, that, you know, yeah. the other responsibilities of life, they, <laughs> it, it kind of falls happen. back, right? Yeah, so, it's not going to happen. But a lot of them um, with with Spanish speaking and uh, just pleasure travel or, um, you know, travel for uh, for some mission trips have taken me to, to some of these countries, uh, third world countries where you go and you see you see where people live when they don't have like a support structure kids specifically is where yeah. I'm going with this. Um, you know, I've been, uh, um, when I think about like, a, okay, Nicaragua, Cuba, the Dominican, Dominican Republic. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of Mexico. There's a lot of places I've been with the Spanish speaking countries specifically, but the ones that, that really demonstrated the poverty, of the trip kind of encountered that, uh, Cuba and, uh, Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. Um, you know, I remember when I was walking down, um, uh, the main, one of the main streets in, in Cuba, I remember when I, I was living in Mexico and I, uh, while I was there, I jumped ship. Maybe I shouldn't tell the state department that I did this <laughs> in 2005 when it was illegal, but, um, you know, there's, 
it was such a an, an eye opening experience. Like walking down the the main strip there and looking. I remember like looking to the right and here's El Capitolio and it's got like whitewashed walls. The stone is is pristine. Mm-hmm. The grass is all like the exact same height. There's no cracks in the sidewalk and they got this these ornate uh, lights. And then I look across the street. Yeah. And I remember like thinking, man, this building's like run down. The dichotomy between the haves and the have nots yeah. is. In, in a communist country, man. Absolutely. I mean, like everything there's screamed communism gone bad, but it, it was a good experience. Uh, not not for that, but like just eye opening, right? And I remember looking up as I'm walking down the street and like I'm looking at this building and there's the first story, second story, and then the third story. And you could look, some woman was standing on the on the on the balcony, and I I looked past her and I could see the the sky, and it was the third, not the roof that she was on, but the third floor. The the, wow. the whole the whole roof had fallen in. And they've got like um, these, uh, the balconies, they've got these, uh, you know, six by sixes, like holding up these, like, uh, these structures from like the 16th century. Maybe, you know, uh, probably past Christopher Columbus building, but, you know, like early Spanish settlers. And it's such um, a magnificent building, but it's just falling apart. Um, saying that, and then saying this next thing, just to kind of demonstrate the poverty, but uh, so, so Nicaragua, Dominican Republic. If you don't have that structure as a child, you're, you're living in the dump. You're you're digging through it every day to find your food, to find your next meal, to find whatever you can maybe sell. I don't know, but um, that's why my my uh, this uh, concept of global citizenship. Every every box that I sell, I have a portion. It's approximately ten percent. Um, I uh, I have a few or, uh, orphanages that I work with, and I send them money. Nice. Uh, every box I sell. And then also I've got I've got a Cameroon um, I think I you saw mm-hmm. I think you, you had a review on that but the Cameroon uh, box press um, my wife and I have uh, two kids that we support to go to school in Africa wow. uh, it's not actually in Cameroon but it's um, uh, there's some Ugandan kids my wife went uh, they're on a uh, like a cultural exchange uh, uh, books for kids or something anyway that and then I've got uh, two missionary orphanages that uh, that I work with in the DR and the in Nicaragua. Um, I'm looking for one for uh, for the Abano in in Mexico. So if anybody has a reputable uh, orphanage uh, taking care of kids in the, in, the, in Mexico, that they would uh, like me to look into supporting, I would like to to know. And you can reach out to me on Facebook or uh, Instagram. Or that's awesome. Uh, that, that's just another dimension to badass cigars. Yeah, yeah. that a lot of uh, cigar manufacturers don't do it. Now, I know J.C. Newman and Arturo Fuente do a lot for the kids in the Dominican. Uh, every year they put out their, what is it, Taste of America, where it's two and every, it's like $50 for the box and 100% of the proceeds go to yeah. the schools in the Dominican. Um, and I think that's great. And I think more cigar manufacturers should do that because honestly, the industry is held up by these workers yeah. in yeah, these third world countries. 100%, man. And, you know, in, in, uh, um, the cigar authority brought up a good point where um, you know if if we tax the cigar industry so much that our cigar smoking decreases, we're only it, it affects the mom shop as we talked about earlier. But it not j- only affects them, but it affects these factories, this global economy global. that are that are national. Uh, politicians don't pay attention to it. yeah. it's very short-sighted Dude, on their totally. part absolutely. because it will absolutely rip the economies of some of these company countries now i had nick cirrus on a couple episodes ago and he said you'd be surprised that you know the cuban government doesn't make nearly as much money off cigars as you think they do it's so the how, how habanos or habanos or, SA. Yeah. so how much 
are these companies? But I mean, when you think about it, how many rollers, uh, you know, how many tobaccoleras are there in these countries? Right. And right. then how many hundreds of workers, Absolutely. rollers, Absolutely. Uh, sorters yeah. uh, that do they have? Right. Right. And yep. then the box makers. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a just, wide, it, it's a, it's a wide thing. I mean, think of, I've heard uh, statistics before about how many hands like a cigar will go through or a box, how many people will touch your, your cigar or have, yeah. have touched the product in that to get it to you. And it's, it's huge. It's short-sighted on our government's part yeah. to, to yeah. try to tax this into oblivion. Right. I mean, right. it really mm-hmm. is because it, it affects more than just, you know, what they think is the 15-year-old kid sitting outside the door of David's right. yeah, trying to get a cigar I that know, just man. doesn't it's, happen. It's a bigger picture and, and uh, it's like kind of one side. Now, I again, I understand where they're coming from with uh, that concern, but they're barking up the wrong tree, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. They need to be more concerned with vapes at yeah. this point yeah. than yeah. anything right. else. Yeah. And um, so my... Um, my buddy, uh, the, uh, the other brewery in my my uh, town, we give a shout out to them. Uh, uh, River Bluff Brewing Company, solid dudes like uh, Chris and Eddie. Like some, one of my most memorable nights was uh, after um, after I had uh, stepped out of my position at Liberty Cap. Uh, was just kind of going and and just hanging out with them. Um, anyway, that's one of the story, but. Solid dudes, Chris and Eddie. Uh, so Chris and I um, have done a few projects together. Uh, I had this barrel aged Scotch ale that was like really well received in the in the community um, in our northwest Missouri. And uh, so when um, after I had left, uh, they approached me and asked me if I wanted to brew that on their system. We barrel aged it, seventeen ninety two uh, Barton's. It was awesome. And uh, it was uh, here in a second. We'll go into this concept of uh, super taster, right? And we'll t- talk about that, but. Uh, <laughs> So like I have a this this tendency to like really overdo like what I'm doing right, right? yeah and so <laughs> imagine that huh? so I got this beer that's uh it's like big and robust it's got that Scott it's like just um, a multi backbone and just a very um, awesome beer so we brewed it on their system um, we sold out like all the bottles like in like 43 minutes or something we had like we cases of bottles that we had uh, spent all this time on waxing and because that went well, Chris and I did like the side project. And, um, what we have now is, uh, two barrels, uh, 60 gallon, uh, whiskey barrels that we've got a Belgian uh, barrel aged Saison in it. So it's got that, that barrel aged character, but the yeast strain that we use kind of pro- promotes this like a uh, fruity ester, this kind of banana, uh, feel to it. And, um, so what we're doing is we're going to take one and just have the barrel character. And then one is going to be, we're going to put adjuncts in it, coconut and banana. And then so, yeah, yeah, oh, wow. d- dude, I'd overdo it, right? So, <laughs> but the reason we chose those two is because uh, in Honduras, that's uh, maybe like a uh, like an export uh, commodity that they would have. So Chris's brother runs or is involved with on some level a um, uh, an orphanage down there. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have this event where we sell tickets. And uh, with your ticket, you get um, one or two bottles. We're not sure how like we're going to do that just yet. One or two bottles of this beer. And, and some cigars where I did like, uh, it's all Honduran tobacco. Oh, wow. So we're, we're eating the, uh, the cost of the tobacco. We're eating the cost of the, of the bottles and the barrels. And even like I pay, I pay taxes like to spread the brand. Sometimes you got to like, Hey, here's some cigars, try them, which technically you're not supposed to do, but I think it's because of the taxation. Yeah. So I record that in every cigar I give away, I pay taxes on it. It's oh, like four, 41 cents per cigar. All that to say, all that money is going to go to uh, this orphanage in Honduras. Uh, we're eating all the cost, and nice. it's like our time. And so, but it's like that artist piece too. And and again, global citizenship. What are we doing to promote? Those, no, no kid should have to dig through, uh, you know, a, a, a dump to find their next meal. So. No, absolutely not. And that's awesome. I think that's great that you do that. 
I, I want to talk about super tasters yeah. here oh, yeah. in just yeah. a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. But I, I also want to I want to ask because you've talked about you know you've taken mission trips, so religion seems to be something that's a big part of your life. Yeah. yeah, and most people would be shocked to know that I went to school to be a preacher. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, so, I can see that. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if most. You've can. got that very calming voice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, from the pulpit. Yeah. Right. Uh, I prefer like the fire and brimstone. <laughs> okay. Pita, I can see that pulpit. too. Yeah. I can see uh, that too. So let me ask you this: Have you had anybody in uh, you know any churches that you that you attend? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you smoke cigars. You know. Uh, so we could get into the uh, the scriptures uh, in because I'll, what everybody will uh, pull up. Is is you know your, your body, body is a, is a temple. temple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So and and uh, you know again, um, I f- I physiologically know what is happening to my body when I smoke a cigar. The epithelial lining in my mouth is maybe being altered a little bit. Uh, there's smoke into my lungs, which could be a little bit off. However, anybody that ever says that, I'll say, well, when was the last time you had fast food, and what is that doing to your <laughs> what body? What is that doing? Right? Absolutely. So there's a, there's some approaches that would con- uh, would would counter that, but it goes back to my my life motto: moderate production for moderate consumption. Yeah. And um, you got you listeners out there should hashtag that hashtag moderate <laughs> production for hashtag moderate <laughs> consumption. That's like you'll see a number of posts, and it continues to increase the more I use it on on my uh, social nice. medias. So. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh, if you've seen posts from uh, the casual beer and cigar night Instagram. Mm-mm. So it's casual underscore beer underscore and underscore cigar underscore night. Yeah, casual beer and cigar night. Um, and that's uh, actually uh, I had one when you uh, talked about the Castagli. I love their cigars, man. I, I bought right? the I bought the pack from uh, one C- of your Cedar Room. Yeah, yeah. I bought that pack that that starter pack and. Awesome cigars. I'm man. glad you liked them. I really yeah, dude, deserve some of my favorite. Gosh, I want to talk to him and see if he would be able to do my fifth blend, right? Oh, uh, Jeremy. So Jeremy, um, he works with a lot of blenders. I'm sure he could hook you up. Man, I'll, I'll get you in touch with Vlada. I'll get you in touch with Vlada. You know, the, the thing now is uh, um, uh, coming back around. Uh, so so on my Instagrams and it, modern production for modern consumption is my hashtag. So, yeah. But you can follow that one. Um, now my thing is... Um, I'm encountering these producers, right, for maybe an outsourcing piece, but like I had a company, a local company doing my cigar rings and I think it was, I don't want to assume, but it seemed like it was a, a an annoying project to have, my cigar rings. Yeah. So they've, they actually told me they wouldn't produce them anymore. Oh, wow. It was kind of like, it's like, oh man. And I don't know, maybe I was uh, being too needy with uh, what I was requesting, but <clears throat> all this to say, I don't have a cigar ring producer now, so I'm going to have to like find a new one. So any cigar ring producers out there, please get a hold of me. Uh, what about, uh, <laughs> doesn't Jeremy has a cigar band. Castagli? Uh, no, Jeremy Besecker from he does, MJ, yes. MJ Fritz. Uh, well, is, it Jer- is Jeremy the one who's got it? I think it is. No, okay, because Chris, um, my guy, as I just say my guy, Chris, uh, he, uh, he had said... Long story short, long story long. Um, it, it came out that he's got that he's got one, and, yeah. and they were going to use uh, a few, but I still have like a few thousand left from uh, my 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 last. Well, a few thousand left from my last uh, run of of them from this this local company. But so yeah, I talk. I need to talk to him and, and identify. But uh, you know, it's like we got these uh, these bl- these these bands with a. I call them my blue label, my orange label. They actually have names, but I call them blue label, sandstone label, whatever. Right. For uh, for ease, like of, this is uh, the, this, the, this is the blue label, the blue label, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which I, I, I do like the bands. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do like I, the bands a lot. You know, my guy said, or my the guy at the local company said he didn't feel like they were professional enough, but I don't know. I mean, it's, they it's look not, good. It's not printed and it's not like a stamped like this one, but no, you know. No, but you know it, what? Do you really need that? But when I first started looking at online companies, I, I talked to one and it was like, it was going to be like $2 mm-hmm. per cigar band. It ain't cheap. Man, that would like jack up the prices big time. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the super tasters. Yeah, let's yeah, talk okay. about super. Yeah, cool. ta- Do you think people need to be a super taster to oh, enjoy no, cigars? No, no way, man. I'm not at all. So you, um, okay. So in, in, in the nursing realm, they, they teach us that pain is subjective and it is, it's totally, it's totally subjective. Somebody now, I don't know as a guy who lives with pain every day, I'm uh, not sure it's really? subjective. Uh, Subjective. I don't think it's. Oh, I think it's. I think it's. I think pain is pain. I would kind of like say a little bit. Maybe it is, but you can also tell like when you walk in, what's your pain level, and they're like texting on their phone and like, you know, I'm sorry, what'd you say? What's your pain level? (laughs) Ah, it's a 12 out of 10. Yeah, no, it's it's a 12, and we're thinking out of 10. Oh, so you're on the that of 100 scale, so it's 1.2 out of 100. So it's one. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nurse joke, but um, so, uh, but you know, so so pain being taught that it's subjective maybe it's not I th- taste totally is subjective oh absolutely you taste and and you experience what what you experience you know and it's and all experiential isn't it because it is it very very I, much is because i feel like your brain tries to make you know order out of chaos like when you look yeah. at the clouds you're like that looks like a bunny or yeah. it looks like a dog or what yeah, yeah, yeah. that's matrixing i think your you, your brain does that with this as well we're all smoking dead leaves Right. And sure, they're going to have different tastes and different flavors based on where they were. Soil, you know, the soil and the mineral, yeah. all of that stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, someone can pull out my, my best example of this is I taste Himalayan sea salt. <laughs> it's like, OK, look, it might be salty, but it, you're not tasting Himalayan sea yeah. salt. But it's subjective because yeah, right, right. I, I can pull out, you know, chocolate and yeah, nuts and, and leather. And and the cat- and, yeah. yeah the and somebody else will go tastes like tobacco. <laughs> You taste and smoke, you fucking asshole. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> that, well, that's what. A, that's a tag from a, yeah. another uh, podcast. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it, though. It is very, I think it is very subjective uh, because somebody could smoke a Padron and go, oh, this is terrible. It's off-putting. It's too harsh. And someone else is like, what are you talking about? This yeah. is one of the best cigars I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, absolutely. It's subjective. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to like uh, when you think about, okay, so so uh, say this and then we'll get to the superstition. But like, so um, the chemically perception in your mouth of cilantro for, for many people is like, man, it's got this great like, like how do you even describe cilantro? I don't know. Like a, like a, like a. I, I describe it as cilantro. Yeah. Like, uh, right. Yeah. Like how do you. That's, but some people go, it tastes like dish soap. Or, or motor, or uh, um oil yeah is what they like uh they think it tastes like gasoline and oh man i'm so glad that i taste it and i perceive it as like as cilantro as we know it right um but uh there's this book i was reading uh it's called whiskey tasting um i can't remember the, the author right off the top of my head but it's a really great book and i recommend it for anyone when i when i got into whiskey a number of years ago i wanted to be able to like pick out the nuances and get past the burn right and i've effectively been able to do that but it's also translated over in cigars. But in, he, in his book, he talks. Is it just practice for you? Is it just uh, is it just over and over like the yeah, same thing? It's trying over to and figure over it and out. trying yeah. to be able to encounter that burn and be able to to to, to handle it for, and to get past it. Yeah, and some like uh, some like the the barrel proofs are uh, a little bit harder to do that. But man, that barrel character. Um, and this is a very this is exactly why um, this kind of like a lot of things we talked about today kind of like sum up right here, but. 
25% of the population is theorized to be a super taster. Right. Okay. Uh, so you got that. They can pick out like, you know, you, they smoke that cigar. And they can pick out those nuances that are a little more specific than just a simple, the simple uh things that they can pick or the, the complex things that they can pick out are are present with uh whatever food they can relate it to or tobacco or or, or cacao or whatever yeah and um uh, then there's like and in same thing with beer i've got a buddy uh my buddy Vinny is a super taster all of us know that Vinny's a super taster and he's able to pick out all these like nuances of these beers and and uh kind of like identify the flavor profile and you're like oh yeah and there's that piece there where you're with people where it's like the power of suggestion. We always say that and be like, man, I didn't think about that until you said it, but maybe I wouldn't have. But since you said it, I'm going to get it now. But um, then there's like the next 50% of the population is kind of like a regular taster, right? They, they get some of those things, but maybe they're not on that heightened level. My wife is a super taster, right? Uh, with cooking. And then you get into like that, that other 25%, which I think is where I am. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> When I make a beer, when I um, make a cheese, or when I do a cigar, right? When I blend things, I want that flavor to be like up and up in front. And and I think uh, it it made sense when I read this, read read this because I always was into like big, robust Barolos, the big wines, you know, the uh, super Tuscans and um, and that barrel character that was in them. And then when I transitioned, because wine was my first love, and then when sure. I transferred to beer, I couldn't stand IPAs at first. But then when I got more into I, it, I still can't yeah, stand and, IPAs. And you know, the funny, uh, not not the funny thing, but the thing for me is like this old style West Coast IPA. I used to like them and enjoy them. And there's some that like Pliny the Elder, like beers that people went after. Yeah. They're not really what people want nowadays. People want like those, uh, those East Coast IPAs, the New England style, the lactose, like the ones that have like more, not so much bitterness, but more of the flavor and the sweetness. And I think, uh, side note, all of that that we're experiencing is kind of referencing Think about this, right? You're referencing what cereals you you ate and and ate as a kid. Yeah. That's what you want now. You want absolutely that, you want that big that nostalgia that stout that, that had like the, uh, the the cocoa pebbles in it, you know, yep. or that stout that fruity pebble or that IP that had fruity pebbles. Um, so, but anyway, whenever I would do something, uh, beer included, I I would man, I'd do like these adjuncts that were just like way over the top. And I and my guys Patrick and Vinny too were able to kind of like dial me back in and be like man you're kind of overshooting it there and so i had to find that um kind of that balance for what my taste buds were perceiving yeah as a non-super taster and what i was producing for the general population which is in the middle and would think it was over right. the top right yeah so that's the concept of uh, super tasting that uh, it's not mine it, I'm, I'm kind of reading things and adopting it and again whiskey tasting I can't remember the author right now, but it's a good book and I'd recommend it. Uh, I, I honestly have to say this is a well-balanced cigar. Uh, there's a lot of flavor. It, it's definitely full flavor. I think it's medium body. I don't think it's... it's yeah. So the flavor's there. There's nuance. There's subtleties. There's complexities to it. I think you've done a great job with yeah. it. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, before we get out of here, yeah, uh, I like to have a little fun uh, with my guests. So I'm going to ask you, because you've been smoking cigars now for quite a while. Yeah. And you've been rolling your own... for. Quite a while. 18 years. Yeah. 18, Six years. How many cigars do you have in your collection at home right oh, now? Oh, man. So I have a walking humidor now. <laughs> at home. At home. Must I be a, rough. Dude, it's, my <laughs> wife is awesome. Like she she lets me get away with murder just about. I'll, I'll send some pictures to you, but uh, actually right now, my buddy helped me, me build it. But I had this uh, this four by eight room. Uh, it's just actually a safe room for the storm, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, that's just that's necessity. Yeah, right. right? It meets purpose. Like I, I have to have room for my cigars. It, yeah, it was totally. And uh, so what I did was um, I took uh, I framed in the walls. Um, uh, I had a buddy who's an electrician. He did the electrical work. He's done a lot of work on a house. And then, um, then we I did a vapor barrier, uh, mold and mildew resistant drywall. And then on on top of that, I put cedar uh, planks, sides, walls, ceiling. Wow. And I got all these shelves with. I went to. Uh, I got a buddy who's like he's got a friend. He's like, hey, this guy's got like uh, he's building his own house, out of and he's got all all the cedar that he that he doesn't need. So I go to this guy's place to like pick up some of the cedar and he's out in the middle of like BFE in like middle of Kansas, right? It took me yeah. like an hour and a half to and get there. Middle of Kansas yeah. is definitely BFE. Dude, and he was building, he 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 bought this like industrial sized mill and and he's like, and he's cutting trees off his property. He's running through the mill and he had the cedar imported from somewhere and he had all the cedar left over after he did his porch and... um so I, I go thinking I'm going to spend like $300 on cedar, right? It was in the middle of like when... when, when Oh, the wood prices yeah, were wood out. Prices astronomical. Yeah, yeah. And so I show up with my trailer and, and uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, well... Uh, and, he, and I told him I wanted the finished ones. And so, oh, yeah, there's like, I got these left there. I'm not going to use them. Uh, I was like, well, how much do you want for these? And he's like, I don't know, 10 bucks a board. I'm like, done? Eight <laughs> feet long. Oh, wow. Uh, how deep are they? Like, um, like uh, 12 inches deep. If you like 10 bucks a board, I, you couldn't even buy it that much. So, no. so needless to say, I bought extra and uh, I've used those for the shelves in the in this room. I've also got some like us, uh, um, some other fancy woods in there too. But anyway, so to answer your question, uh, in this humidor, I've, um, gosh, man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Guesstimate. Uh, uh, f- 1500 easily uh, oh. cigars. Um you got me beat. With my own uh, 1500 And then the, I've also got like, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of product in there too. Um, I had this, uh, my logo, I had I had no I had no door pole on this humidor. So actually I got on Etsy and like uh, contacted this guy that was making these really cool octopus like, you know, handles. I was like, hey man, do you do custom work? And in his broken English, answers yes and, you know, explains what he could do. And I and uh, so I, I've contracted this guy. He's in Ukraine, right? And he's got. I'm gonna send you pictures, man. It's awesome, but it's my logo that he like did this iron work. Oh wow! And the the dreadlocks of my of my of my uh, logo. He's got two of them that come off of the the plane of this door pole. Wow! So that's the handle. It's really cool. That's I'll send cool. you a picture. But, that's um, cool. But yeah, and, and there's pictures on uh, badashtobacco.com that uh, have will have my humidor um, uh, pictures of that and kind of. Wow! How know, long did it take you to build that? Uh, I think I started in the spring um, of this year, and it and I've got just a few trim pieces to do left. But I, I've been using it for. Uh, okay, so we went on. Uh, oh gosh, this is a funny story. We went on a vacation uh, to Montana. It was kind of like a work vacation slash like I got some lounges up there, and uh, the the lounge the the big one if you're in the Montana area uh, in Libby. There's this uh, shop called um, the Perfect Ash, uh, but it's A S S. H and it's got a picture of a woman kind of, you know, showing an offer backside. Uh, but, uh, uh, he's got, um, he's got all my blends, but, uh, so that was like a work trip for that, but it was also some vacation looking at property up there. Oh, nice. Um, we got it finished. I got it finished. And I got the door on it in, um, 
August. Give a shout out to my buddy Brian, who's uh, helped me with uh, all that construction there. But um, so put the door on, and then I went on this vacation. Set the humidor up. Well, while we were gone, um, the AC went out, and my mother in law was coming by to to check things, and I think she was trying to. <laughs> fix it and we got this thing where like you, you pull a switch and you let it set for a while or turn the AC off and then turn it back on and it works well my wife was walking her through that and I think she flipped on the humidor power on and off which is on the wall across from that and so uh, humid, like humidification system goes off right? right and so when we get back I walk in I'm like oh man it's off and then, but I look at like my percentage and I'm like at 65 I'm like wow perfect like yeah. I don't know how many days it's been off for so I flip it back on and I turned my humidification system on. Well, I didn't. I didn't do it to auto. I just sit at like seventy percent. And I go upstairs. And I come back down the next day. And I open the humidor door. And it's like it is like a sauna in there. <laughs> and it, it is like everything. There's like pooled water everywhere. Oh wow! And I got some some really expensive whiskey bottles that I had just like on the shelf. Uh, and the the labels are peeling off. <laughs> it was. Uh, I yeah. lost. Uh, I only fortunately I only lost about. Uh, maybe 40 cigars that were below the level of the humidification system that got sopping wet, um, but everything else that was above it was spared. Oh, that's good. Um, but that was a funny wow, story about that. But crazy. anyway, yeah, I had it. Uh, it took about six months, maybe. But it's not like I'm working on it every day. It's like you get some free time, go down yeah, there, work. Yeah, yeah, working yeah. nights. Uh, yeah, you know, so. I get that time, that extra time to kind of throw a few, uh, you know, slats up there. Nice. You know, so, so somebody wants to try badass yeah. cigars. Where can they go to get them? Oh man. Okay, so. I got stores around um, in Tulsa and really ask for my name because the, the, the stores are continually um, increasing. But the ones that I work closely with uh, would be uh, Vintage uh, uh, vintage uh, Cigars and Liquor in uh, Tulsa. Uh, and they've got a special Vitola. It's actually my GQ blend with a, with a Maduro wrapper. So Vintage uh, Cigar Company in uh, Tulsa. And then uh, the Perfect Ash is my big one in Libby, Montana. And then... Um, Soon it'll be Iowa Cigar Company here in Des Moines. And then uh, in um, St. Joe, the biggest store is uh, 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 Smooth Innings. Uh, th- that's like my home base. Like when we All do right. big event, like my yeah. annual birthday event for the cigar uh, companies there. And then in uh, KC, um, Brian at uh, Bubbles Wine and Spirits, is, he's been awesome. And he's got uh, three of the, um, he has the most of my product in KC. So if you're in the KC area, uh, Go to Brian and uh, see Bubbles. He's got, uh, they always do these barrel picks with like the whiskey. Like I used to not like, I wasn't necessarily impressed with Maker's Mark, but Brian gets these like, he does these barrel selections, these yeah. private barrel selections, which are phenomenal. I don't know who he's got. To, I mean, I think it's him, but there's also a group of uh, people, uh, Bubbles VIP, which is a, a local joke. If you're in Casey, you'll understand. But the Bubbles VIP club. Uh that uh, kind of tastes and chooses these. Um, but the pairing, uh, like you go and you get the cigar and then, you know, they'll, they'll set you up with like an awesome bottle of whiskey as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully around here, like I, we've already talked about. Uh, yeah, here in David's. Sean says yeah. there's not enough space, which I, I believe. Uh, but maybe someday we'll do an event. And uh, Yeah, because you know, you've a- got to try these cigars, guys. Uh, get your hands on them. They're solid cigar. They're very good. I love what you're doing. Keep it up, Devin. We'll have you back on the podcast. Yeah, find yeah, out how absolutely. things are going because you're going to be around here for a yeah, while. Yeah. So, and you've got a fifth one coming out that you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hopefully, by uh, matter of fact, we're planning on uh, with uh, this event on March 9th at Iowa Cigar Company. I'll be rolling there. We'll have like maybe two demonstrations. Maybe like five or maybe four and six o'clock. I'll I'll run through and give the whole lowdown. But I'll be there the whole time. 
uh, and hopefully we'll have it by then uh, to to be able to release at that at that at that time. So perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for your time, yeah. Devin. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. So. Thanks everybody for listening. Join me next time where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be simply stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Visit simplystogies.com for the latest articles and reviews. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest in video content. And please rate and review Simply Stogies on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. If you have a question or suggestion for James or would like to be on the show, please send an email to info at simplystogies.com. The views and opinions expressed by James and his guests are their own and do not reflect those of Creative Brain Candy or their affiliates. <laughs>